This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. So one of the things that we get to do this morning is to uh, celebrate and look forward to the mission that's, that we're involved with as a church to Western Alaska. Has anybody seen that bulletin board out there? Isn't that a cool? If you if you haven't seen it yet, when you go out in the lobby, if you take kind of a slight right up against the far wall is a bulletin board that shows some of the different places and some of the different people who are going out on mission this summer uh, representing the uh, our church as well as the denomination. I'm going to invite John Hagee to come up here. I called you John. I didn't call you Brian. That's good. We have a Brian Hagee here, too, as so I always call him John. So, um, John, tell us what your role is. Just tell us what your role is. I don't want to give it away. I'm Associate Director of Kayak, that's and that's my it. role. And Kayak is, for those who don't know, it's spelled with a C, Covenant Youth of Alaska, which our, our role is to help propel ministry with young people by doing it and by recruiting others and helping them get into ministry. So, John, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong because I might be off a year on this, okay? But... uh the Covenant Evangelical Covenant Church in its history was started by Swedish immigrants that came over and they established our denomination back in like 1885-86. The very first year, or was just the very next, they sent out their first missionaries to two locations. China, I think, was one. Is that right? I don't know that one. I don't know. But I know the other one was Alaska. Western Alaska. And you may not know this. We have, um, you know, several churches that are on the road system, but most of the evangelical covenant churches in Alaska are in villages in Western Alaska. Is that not right? And I love that. I love that we've had a foothold here and in ministry for a long time. So I'm excited that we get to talk about that a little bit more this morning. And John is going to be sharing about that a little bit more. But what we want to do right now is invite the different teams who are coming up. So we have a team that's going to Unilocleet. We have a team that's going to Elam, as well as a team that's going to Nome to KICY. And if those different, everybody who's going on that, who's currently here, could you come on up? And uh, I'm going to let the leaders of some of those teams quickly introduce uh, some of the people who are coming and then um, what we would like to do is, John, have you pray over us this morning, okay? So, uh, Heather, I'll, let, I'll start off with you. So you're going to talk about uh, Unan Laclet and Elam, correct? Yes, that's, uh, that's right for right now. You never know. I might say more later. Oh, there you go. All right. The, this is a mixture of teams here. Oh, come on up. Um, Unan Laclet team is... Uh, Ken Thomas, Sharice Earhart, Sherry McDonald, Sandy Gold, Elise Gilbarth, Christy Ivanoff, who is not here, and Donna Erickson, who is from Unlicleet. Those are the people that will be serving in uh, Unlicleet at the 
Bible camp, and I'll explain more about that later. Then from there we go to Elam, and Elam is Becca South, who is our co-leader here, who's uh, leading VBS. Luke Atherton, who you don't know yet, but he's going to be the new intern here, and we're grabbing him quickly and taking him to Elam. Sharon Carlson, Ed Carlson, Ellen Woods, Larry Woods, who are still out on vacation, and Sam Barnland. And Sam, are you here? Where are you? Okay. So these are the people that are going into western Alaska to uh, serve in a different way. But where's the ki- uh There we go. Sunny. Thank you. Okay, we've got a group leaving on the 8th of June going to KICY to Nome, the radio station in Nome. And I think I've got most everybody up here. Got Roy Pace. By the way, I'm Sonny Chambers. I'll be going on the, on the group or on the trip. And we've got Tom and Jenny Webb are going. Uh, Larry Weeks, uh, will be heading out with us. And Bob Gold. He tried to hide Bob. <laughs> Bob's going. We also have two others that aren't here right now. Terry Reynolds will be making the trip with us and he's currently out of town. And Paul Wallace will be going and uh, he'll probably be at the second service. So we're looking forward to that. Is that not cool that we have so many representatives of our church? So I'm going to ask you guys actually to stand right here, all right, facing out. If you could come stand in the front here, and uh, John will stand behind. And I'm going to invite all of you to stand with us. And uh, if you feel comfortable, would you just hold out a hand? And what we want to do is is pray for this team. We'll let John pray for these teams as they represent us, but more importantly, they represent Jesus Christ and his kingdom. John? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank for these folks that are willing to go. And Lord, we, we think we want to be a blessing to people, and that's awesome. But what really happens is we get blessed as we are trying to be a blessing. And, and you bless others. So it's a win-win situation. We just ask that you would, uh, propel these folks forward where they're at, help them to see the needs. Try to meet them and, uh, in your power through your Holy Spirit. And we, we just look forward to hearing what you do when they get back, what you do through them and in them. So we commit them to you and the folks are going to. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you all. You guys can return to your seats, but I have a quick question for Heather. So, uh, you, you can go ahead and have a seat. Um, right. So, well, no, here's the question, because I understand that the, most of your funding for the trips, but you guys are still selling pizzas, right? Can you give a quick, quick explanation of what that is? Yes, we are taking pizzas to Elam, and we're welcoming your contribution. There's some cards out there still. Whatever uh, you care to donate, we're asking $35 for pizza. Now, this is going to be taken to Elam. You're not going to get a pizza. But but it's a contribution, and anything over and above is being used to uh, help with the travel. It's not uh, cheap to take teams into the village. It's probably cheaper to go across the world than go to the villages. 
So we welcome your participation and we welcome your prayers, but we also welcome your financial contribution. And after the service, there will be people out there still selling this, uh, we call it a pizza card, uh, but just remember you don't get the pizza, but the people in Elam will get it. That's We're starting off our VBS uh, outreach with a pizza for the whole village. Thank you, Heather. She's going to be sharing with us a little bit more. So, John, tell us what's up. Uh, just to set you straight, brother, uh, the first missionaries that came up wasn't western Alaska. It was southeast Alaska. They worked their way up the coast. That's okay. And they did go to Unalakleet later when uh, Axel Carlson got kicked out of Russia. So that's how it happened. But anyway, uh, the Lord knew what he was doing, right? He kicked him out and he, he came on over to Unalakleet and he said, hey, this looks pretty good over here. So that's where he stayed. Well, they asked me to just share a little about kayak because you guys are partners with us in kayak. And, you know, my friend Byron Bruckner started kayak over 20 years ago. He went, there was no youth wing of the covenant. And here's why it happened. Byron went through the villages and he was there a year or two before me. He went through the villages and he went to our village churches and there was no young people. None. I mean, there's old people and there's little children. And what happens with that kind of a church when the older folks die? You're dead. Done. It's kaput, right? So Byron said, we got to do something here. That's why he started Kayak. And he went to the, he went, tried, tried doing this. He went to the, to the, uh, ECAC council and he said, I want to start youth ministry in the covenant. And they said, you're hired. We can't pay you. <laughs> he said, that's okay. I'll get my own money. <laughs> and that's what we've done. We, every staff that we've got since then, I joined him the next year. We went to Shack Tulik, our family and I, and we went, uh, as a youth pastor in Shack Tulik because we felt that was one of the um, more stable places. I could be placed under native pastor leadership, which is pretty cool. And uh, that's why we went there. But um, it's amazing to see the transformation. Here's, here's where we've come. We have four... Native young staff on our staff right now. Isn't that cool? Four native staff. Now that's a lot of work from over 20 years ago till now. A lot of sewing, a lot of, a lot of seeing young people come to the Lord, investing in their life, because that's what we're about, right? Discipleship. And so that's really the partnership. You are a partner with us with Kayak. And many other churches in our denomination are partnering with us to do the work. And so how are we doing that? We're, we're, we're taking staff from outside, lower 48, bringing them in and training them. But more importantly, we're taking the young people that 
go through Bible camp, go through youth groups, and we're, we're training them up so that they can become multiplying disciples. What is that? That means a real disciple. What is a real disciple? A disciple is somebody who doesn't just take in like a sponge, just keep taking it in. No, they get squeezed and they give out, right? And the Lord, He can only give you so much. You gotta get squeezed and give out. Until you give out, you don't get money, anything else in, right? It's kind of how our Christian lives are. And so we, we're so excited. Sharice, where, where's Sharice? Where, where'd you go? There she is right there. You know, it is just so exciting to see Sharice. She is, um, I told her this the other day. I said, you're the reason we do this ministry. She looked at me kind of funny. <laughs> it is. Because you see, she, she came to the university and she's at our Araga ministry. The staff there are doing a great job. They come every week to a, a meeting on Friday nights. Bible studies, meeting with a, a discipleship group. They have a fine program there, but Sharice just kept growing and growing, and now she is going to Unilaclete as the youth pastor. Isn't that awesome? That's what we're trying to do. So, Sharice, we're so glad you're going. We're not, you're not going alone. We're praying with you. Let's pray for Sharice. She's going to a place she's never lived before. One of our staff said, just the other day on a staff call, he said, he's been there two years now, and he loves it. But, he said, this is not easy. And it was really quiet on the phone. There's like 25 of us on the phone, and, and we were really listening. And he said, we have to leave our family. It's, it's different here than where I lived. Did you know that? <laughs> Those of you who are going to the Eskimo village, excellent. It's a beautiful place with beautiful people, and it's harsh, and it's tough to live there. And that's what Drew is saying. Our staff from Scammon Bay said, this is hard. I, you don't know how hard this is until you you do it. And so would you pray for me? One of our young Native staff said, I didn't realize. I, you know, you just think, well, this is how it is. Because I grew up here. Well, no. It's not real easy for outsiders to be there. Though it is beautiful, and Wendy and I can say the same thing. My wife, Wendy, uh, we say, we're so glad we got to go to Unilaclete and live there among the people. But it, it wasn't easy for us. We, we cherished that time over two years, but it, it wasn't easy. So thank you for your partnership with Kayak. Thank that I'm so glad for the, the leadership of this church. You guys continually look for ways you can partner in the whole state. That's what I love about this church. It's not just thinking about just what we're doing here in community cove in, in Eagle River. You're thinking, what can we do outside? That's the Lord's heart, isn't it? To go and make disciples of all the nations. So thank you for your partnership.
Well, Heather Smith is going to be coming up in just a moment to speak to us. And uh, before she does, I'm going to read from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among the people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Heather? Those are powerful words, Tyler. Thank you for reading them. It's an honor to be here, but it's more of an honor to tell you what God's doing amongst you and how this Western Alaska ministry team got together. Would you pray with me just a moment? Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you, my Lord and my Savior. pray in Jesus' name. Well, I'm Heather Smith, and some of you know me, some of you don't. I sort of have been coming here for about, uh, well, for recently, about nine months. And right now I've got people asking me, so what is this Western Alaska ministry, mission thing? What is this all about, Heather? And I could answer it very simply by saying... It's about prayer and healing. I could stop right there, but I'm not going to. That's what it's about. And the history of this, I would like to give you a little bit of that history. Uh, We at Community Covenant um, have been invited and asked to take healing prayer and intercession into villages um, to raise up leaders from inside the church, their church, so that they will understand what healing prayer is and mentor them in doing healing prayer and leaving them with the basics so that they can do it in their own village or Take it beyond, because we don't just keep what God's doing to ourselves. We send, and we raise up, and we send. Now, ever since September of last year, we've had a group uh, coming together, um, learning about healing prayer, and there's all different facets to it. But we've had lots of... Uh, 
basic teachings and doings and receiving for ourselves. And we see God is working in our lives. Many of us who have been coming to this Sunday evening prayer have received ourselves and have been touched by the Lord and have seen others around us being touched as well. And now some of us are able and prepared to go and share what we have learned. I got to tell you folks, the good news is Jesus is healing today. He is healing today. And we are being called by God to go and share that good news. As I said, to teach in, in Unicly, we will be teaching to the leadership of Bible Camp. And that leadership comes from many different villages. Some from the lower 48, but some from the surrounding villages. And teaching the basics of what we've learned so that they will in turn be able to share with others. We don't keep it to ourselves. When we go to Elam, Bob Curtis, Pastor Bob Curtis in Elam, heard that we were going to take this healing prayer to Unilicleet. We're going to be gone for three weeks in Unilicleet, teaching to various people there. But Pastor Bob said, hey, you'll be real close to our village. You know, it's this far away, but by by an airplane, it's this far. And while you're there, could you bring a team in and teach our village about healing prayer? Teach them how to do healing prayer and intercession and the importance of prayer. Well, we said, sure, we'll be real close. We found that it's not going to be quite so simple to be so close, but we're going anyway, and we're taking a different... um, Some of the team is the same, and some of it is different. And Bob said, and while you're teaching to the adults about healing prayer, would you do a two-pronged thing? Would you teach VBS about prayer, teach the little kids about how to pray. Whoa. All of a sudden, Becca said, I want to do that. And then we have a whole other group of people, mostly adults, but we've got a few young people with some strength. And to do teaching on healing prayer how to pray, how to intercede to the little kids. And then in the evenings, we'll be doing that kind of outreach to the adults. And I'll share with you a personal experience that I had when I was headed on another mission trip. It was actually in the lower 48. I had a pastor who encouraged the young people to come down. He sat me down here in front, sitting on the step and encouraged the young people to come in and pray for me. I don't think they were more than maybe first grade. 
There were quite a few of them, and they gathered around and laid hands on me, and I'll tell you, that was the most powerful prayer that I have ever received. Because those kids were praying from their heart, and they were praying sincere, holy prayers. They didn't quite understand what was happening to me as I was receiving that. But kids, young kids, as well as older kids and teenagers and into adults and even us with gray hair, can pray with power and God moves. So that was an experience that I would share with you. Let the little children come. Well, what we found is we've done healing prayer, whether it's physical, with a physical problem, oops, that's me, uh, emotional or spiritual, much of it starts with forgiveness. Oh, you say, I don't want to go there. And uh, I can never forgive so-and-so. I can... Never forgive what was done to me. I could never forgive what was said to me. Or I can never forgive myself. And I'll tell you right now, those were words I said many years ago. I said the same thing. But now I can truly say, yes, Lord, I can forgive. Not just words, because sometimes we have to pray the words first. But when it goes deep into our hearts... We have to understand the meaning of that forgiveness. And the reason I can forgive is because of the cross and the empty tomb. I remember what our Savior did for each one of us. And that is the reason, even in the hardest situations, I can forgive. We also have learned very clearly that the first step of healing in our lives is salvation. We want to go out, bring people to Christ. When we say Jesus come into our heart and receive him as our Lord and Savior, God does a work of cleansing and healing in our lives. But friends, There's so much more that he wants to do, if we'll let him. I have a long passage here that I would like to read because it sort of stuck in my heart when I was uh, preparing for this, and I want to read the whole passage, not just little bits and pieces. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen or not, but it's Luke starting uh, Luke 7, starting at 27. And if it's not on the screen, oh, it... And if my version reads a little different, uh, I ask your forgiveness. This is what Jesus... I'm going to start at 27. But I tell you, Who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. 
Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the one cheek, turn to him the other. If someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic as well. Give to everyone who asks, and to and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have others do to you. We've heard that a lot. If you love those who love you, what is the, what credit is that for you? Even sinners love those who love you, love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting a return. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And then at 37, I was going to stop there and the Lord says, no, 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 keep, keep reading, keep going on. And so at 37, it says, do not judge. And you will not be judged. Do not condemn. And you will not be condemned. Forgive. And you will be forgiven. And give. And it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you as well. This ends the reading of God's holy word. And I know it was long, but the Lord said, give it all to you. So that's what I chose to do. Let me speak a little bit about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness imprisons us in the past pain. We're bound and we, and we cannot, uh, when we cannot forgive, it's a major block to our healing, no matter what kind of healing we're looking for. And holding on to unforgiveness can cause physical destruction. Stress, heart disease, and many other things. Emotionally, it can cause anxiety, depression, and, and my background is as a nurse, so I can speak this from a medical point as well. Uh, many people who have unresolved anger have a lot of physical symptoms, which the doctors are not able to always Pinpoint. 
And unforgiveness spiritually will cause anger and resentment in our lives and in our spiritual lives. I have witnessed as um, as a prayer minister doing healing prayer for many years, people coming to Jesus because it's all Jesus doing the healing. We're just praying. We're listening and letting him direct us. But people coming to prayer sessions for a physical ailment, whatever it is, And when they have been able to release some unforgiveness from the past or the present, the physical part is healed as well. And we didn't even have to pray for that. Isn't our God amazing? You remember the paralytic. It's a story that I'm sure you all know who had four friends that brought him to Jesus. They heard Jesus was healing. There were crowds around in this little house, and they couldn't get their friend into the house, so they lowered him down from the rooftops. I'm sure you all know that. It's Mark 2, I believe. Mark 2, 1 through 12. But here's this paralytic. Jesus obviously could see that he was paralyzed. But he didn't pray for them. Physical. He said, your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat and walk. And he was healed. That's what forgiveness does for us. You remember last week, or a couple weeks ago, maybe two, Pastor Todd was talking And Pastor Erica as well, they were speaking in reference to the Lord's Prayer. The part about forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And you know, we say that prayer almost every week. Some of us might say it every day. But do we really mean it? Or is it just words? Right after the Lord's Prayer, actually the next uh, few verses in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, God reminds us, if you forgive men your their trespasses or sins, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, their trespasses or sins, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your sins. It's important for all of us, wherever we are, new Christians or we've been walking with the Lord for years, to go through our own personal experience with healing. to experience the healing power of Jesus in our lives as as we are healed and then we understand more deeply what God can do in other people's lives as well. 
Now, forgiveness is not saying it was okay. It was okay for what was done to me, or it was okay for what was said to me, or all of that. But because Jesus Christ could forgive us, us, you humanity, from the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then we can do the same. Forgiving those who have sinned against us. We have a decision. And forgiveness is a decision. Whether we want to or can. And Jesus demonstrated it on the cross. Remember that unforgiveness is a block to our healing. And Jesus desires to heal us, whatever is going on in our lives. Folks, this is the good news. And this is what we're taking to the western Alaska villages. As we are invited by the leadership, and as we are invited by the Lord, We are going, and we welcome your prayers. There is a a nice booklet out there where you can follow us every day that we're gone with a prayer and a scripture. We not only welcome your prayers, we need your prayers. So we encourage you to pick up a booklet if God leads you, And pray for us. If you have any questions after the service, I'd be more than happy to stay and talk to you. But right now, I would invite the music team to come forward, the worship team to come forward, and as they're coming... I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Let's pray. Lord, we call ourselves by your name, Christians. We humble ourselves before you. And we seek your face. We ask you, Lord, if there's anything within us that we need to turn over to you, forgiving someone or something we've done ourselves, we ask now in the silence of this sanctuary to speak to us and let us hear your voice, Lord. And as we hear, let us respond, and we will listen and open our hearts to you. So now we're going to just sit before the Lord for a few minutes and listen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness.
Now we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. To him be all glory. Amen. If God has spoken to you or showed you any place that uh, he wants to do some healing or further healing in your life, I encourage you to go to the prayer teams. Come forward to receive prayer after the service. Um, he's a good God. And he gives us and gives us and gives us just as much as we're wanting him to give him freedom to work in our lives.